Welcome to DevelopLex, a middle tech production hosted by me, Weston Lockhart, and Evan Knowles. This series will focus on the ins and outs of real estate development and investing, where we'll have the opportunity to sit down with the developers of our cities, veterans of the industry, and key people that have over time made a massive impact on communities and neighborhoods. The purpose of this series is to be able to bring a knowledge base to our audience beyond that of what reading a book or watching a how-to video ever could, and educate from those who have done it by hearing their stories, both good and bad, along the way. We feel that historically the learnings of real estate have been inaccessible without being connected, and we would love to open the doors to the next generation of doers, as well as shine a light on how visions of community have been brought to life. We hope you enjoy. Before diving in, we'll get a quick word from our sponsors. DevelopLex is sponsored by SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate, a full-service commercial real estate firm located in Lexington, Kentucky, affiliated with the SVN International Network, which is comprised of over 1,600 advisors and staff and 200-plus offices across the globe. The SVN Stone team consists of experienced commercial real estate advisors in the heart of the bluegrass. SVN provides commercial real estate services to large corporations, middle market businesses, and individual entrepreneurial investors. Serving the greater Lexington area, SVN offers advisory services for sales, leasing, management, and development of commercial properties locally, regionally, and nationally. With transaction volume of over $400 million, the advisors at SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate have vast experience and deep understanding of all aspects of commercial real estate. We are also sponsored by Lexington Pavement Suite. Lexington Pavement Sweep is a full-service property maintenance company operating in Central Kentucky, specializing in parking lot sweeping, day portering, landscaping, and snow removal. From established retail properties to construction sites and everything in between, whether your property needs a daytime presence or a nightly sweep, Lexington Pavement Sweep will be there to ensure your property is starting the day pristine. Lexington Pavement Sweep is proud to be a part of DevelopLex, bringing the best of the best to all listeners. We are also sponsored by Community Trust Bank. Community Trust offers a wide variety of home loans, commercial loans, and small business loans to suit your financial needs, as well as mobile banking, internet banking, and bill pay. Their friendly and professional staff would love to assist you at one of their six Lexington locations. Community Trust Bank is committed to building communities built on trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. All right, welcome back to the Develop Lex podcast. You've got Evan Knowles and Weston Lockhart here, and we're sitting at the in the thirty on the thirty first floor of the fifth third building here with Dudley Webb. We're really, really looking forward to having this conversation. He is by far one of the most well connected and most influential developers, you know, here in Lexington and around the the nation in general. So we're looking forward to getting his perspective on Lexington and how he built his career. So to start off, thanks for joining. I really appreciate you giving us the time to do this, Thank but you. let's start with your background. Just briefly, can you talk about you know where you're from and your education, and then we can pick it up from there. Sure. Grew up in Hotspot, Kentucky, which is a coal mining community in Letcher County, and Whitesburg High School, county school. And then I uh, got a scholarship to Georgetown College. My four years over there, got a degree, was admitted to UK Law School, and finished out there, and then became a sole practitioner when I, when I got out of Law school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I hung out my shingle in downtown Lexington. And for the first year, I practiced law and handled pretty much any type of case that would come in the door. So, But I did have some opportunities came up on that really of interest to me, that was in the real estate side. 
And my first acquisition was a uh, old multifamily or home that was a duplex or something out near UK, and I converted it to seven apartment units and was able to flip that. Took that, invested in another piece, and and kept going. And then three years later, my brother, who was practicing law in Louisville, came back and joined me in the law practice as well as on the real estate side. So that became the foundation of the web companies, and that's where we started and been doing it ever since. What attracted you to law in the first place? Why did you go into law? Did you have a plan there? I didn't necessarily have a plan. I just felt like to make it in the business world, to me, you got to know a little bit about a lot. And I think the law degree and the and the courses I took in real estate, and particularly as it relates to real estate, gave me a competitive advantage with the law degree. It's funny. We've done a few of these now, and oftentimes it starts out with a duplex. So we said it was a, a duplex and you converted it. The difference between you was you convert it. So you took a duplex and made it something better. Talk about, with development, obviously, like that's that's what you're doing. Talk about what was your, like, first experience with real estate development? Like what were your first few properties that excited you? Well, I I hung out my shingle in the old court square building over next to where the fifth third pavilion is. And I've rented a closet and for some very cheap number, guy was kind enough to let me use it. And my first opportunity that I saw downtown at least was a, was a sliver in the middle of the block where the Hilton hotel now is. It was 18 feet wide by something like 220 feet, but it was formerly occupied. Montgomery Wards had a tire store down here, and it fronted onto, onto what is now Vine Street. And uh, that came up, and I leased it, got it under a land contract. I had a minimal amount of down payment I could do, so the guy financed it for me. And as it turned out, it was in the middle of a block that uh, Mr. Kincaid, who owned Central Bank at that point in time, had a, had a vision for uh, three blocks where Kincaid Tower is now and for the block where the Hilton is now. And the third was where the Triangle Center now is. So I didn't know that at the time, but I acquired this this one tract in the middle of the block. And the first call I got was from them saying, what are you doing? You're about to file up air development. And so at that point in time, I went over and met with them. And I said, that's not my intent at all. If you want that piece of property, it's available. And so I think he liked that. And then He said, would you help me acquire the rest of the block? And I said, yes, I would do that. And And you all had no previous experience? We had no, I I didn't know him and never met him. That's awesome. Was quite intimidated by him, by the way. And he was a very (laughs) forceful person and very opinionated. But uh, it was a great experience for me. And I could kind of maneuver behind the scenes and acquire a piecemeal without the public generally knowing what we were doing and the prices getting exorbitant in the block. So once we got that done, then... Uh, he made a decision at that point in time to go about, go ahead and buy what was then the Hotel Lexington site, which is where the King K Tower is now, and to build the the uh, Kentucky Central Building there where it was. So in any event, that left this block over there, and then he said, well, you know, I, my interest in that is being sure we have a good neighbor, you know, go find something to do with it. <clears throat> it was at that point in time that the uh, NCAA search committee was looking for a site to host the Final Four. This is 1980-1981. And so we decided that to do that, the only way that could happen, Jim Host was actively involved in trying to bring them here, was that we'd had to have additional hotel rooms within walking distance. And so we decided at that point it could be a hotel. We cleared the block, and the hotel site committee came from the NCAA 
And we put up a sign out there and had a bulldozer out there pushing around dirt, coming to new hotel, you know. So that's part of why that we were awarded that hotel project, but we had to build it. And uh, at that point in time, Kentucky Central got very involved and helped finance that. What was then a Radisson became the Hilton. And the office building and what's there now is Van Center. So, sounds like that was one of your first partnerships with somebody. And it was really expanded, you know, your portfolio and your involvement. So, talk about when you go into a partnership with somebody. What are some things you look for? Obviously, you want to build trust, but that was something that um, sounds like it grew very fast. And so it, it, it was, and it was obviously it's it's a connection business. You got to have contacts, and people have to have confidence in you. But at that point in time, I was introduced to Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, and Met said they wanted to do something in Lexington, so that's how we got them involved. They became a 50-50 partner with us in the Hilton and the uh, office building. So they were the economic partner. So that was one of the introductions. As a result of that, I became actively involved with New England Life Insurance Company, Prudential, all the major lenders. And all are looking for product, but they're also looking for development opportunities. And they wanted to be sure that they had partners they could trust as well as somebody could deliver. So um, that was one thing we, we did do and had great success at. As a result of that, for example, Metropolitan Life came back and said, we're looking at Austin, Texas, or a town comparable to Lexington. We like a similar development down there. So I get on an airplane and go, and we bought a city block down there, and as a result, we built a project called Austin Center, which is like the Hilton complex it was here, except much more expensive. But as a result of that, we were on the road and traveling, and we ended up in about 60 cities of the country. Wow. Man. And um, talk about the scale of your business now. So you gave us kind of a sense there. You're in about 60 cities, but give us the scale of, of the web companies well, now. During the 80s and the 90s, which were the most productive time for the web companies, we were in 60 cities. We did projects from New York to San Francisco. I did, um, had the good fortune of doing the, the world headquarters or the U.S. headquarters for the American Olympic Committee in Colorado Springs and did projects from Stowe, Vermont to McAllen, Texas. And uh, we were doing about a billion a year in new product at that point in time across the country. And then um, later in my life, I'd, I uh, had the good fortune of meeting my wife, Marla. And we had twin boys right off the bat, and my lifestyle changed. So I couldn't travel like I once would, did. My brother Don was the local partner. He had Woodford. And then I was on the, doing the national stuff, so I was traveling around doing deals all over. So we cut back at that point in time and primarily focused on Lexington and the region, not as much nationally. So yeah. uh, been a great experience, a great ride, and a lot of fun. Very challenging, and uh, it'll consume you. And that was what I was running into with my personal life versus the other. And I decided not to spend my life on airplanes. So. Yeah, that's good. And and with that, give the listeners a sense of uh, when they look around and they want to see the impact of the web companies, what are a few notable Lexington okay. developments? Um, We're sitting in one. Yeah, you're sitting in one. The Lexington <laughs> Financial Center, the, the Vine Center, Hilton Complex, First Federal, uh, Maryland City Center is our latest, obviously. The Woodlands, a lot of downtown stuff because we love downtown, but also in the suburbs, we go around. You, we did the Moore Drive strip out there. Uh, we're um, all the way down to Regency, all that stuff. We did Regency Shopping Center, 
did the Lexington Green Project, Tate's Creek Center, all the projects on the, most of the interchanges of New Circle Road, Liberty Road, that interchange out there. We did Melbourne Distribution Center, Melbourne Industrial Park, uh, Leestown Distribution Center, and a lot of products in between. So it's been a great city for us, and and we delivered great product, I think, for the city. I think the the project that I think a lot of people in Lexington hear most about and went through a period of time of you know uncertainty, but also kind of public, it was in the highly in the public eye. Was you know what people used to call the pit or Center City. You know it had a lot of evolutions as the economy changed and as you know priorities changed. Walk us through you know your perspective of that project as time elapsed. Well, one of the problems that we have in Lexington is that with the pressures of the green belt, that that kind of restricts the development area and the opportunities. And uh, the Joe Rosenberg family had most of that block up there where City Center now is. And so I approached him back then and I said, would you be have an interest in selling? And he said, I don't think we want to sell, but we'll put our land into a venture if you want to try to do something there. So that's when we started. And then the worst of times came in 2010. We were on hold to kind of waiting it out to 2013. And we had the good fortune of locating a major engineering firm that was going to relocate to Lexington. And we had stalking and parked some other tenants. And it was ideal for for the fixture of, of building something significant there. And then we also had a commitment from Marriott that they want to do a downtown project. And so it was stars were aligned for that to happen. And then for political reasons, uh, there was some pushback. Originally, we proposed a 38-story building for there. This one's 30, 31, 32. So we just wanted another landmark, something on the skyline here we thought would be significant. But more importantly, it had there was a need. And so we started, and for whatever reason, the decision was made not to support it back then. We didn't get the TIF approval that we needed. That came in 2014. And by then, we had lost the major tenants that we had, so we kind of had to start over. And uh, when we got the TIF approved, then we had the opportunity for another joint venture group out of Columbus. We're going to do the hotels with us, and then we're going to do the office building. Wells Fargo is going to finance it at that point in time. And for whatever reason, there were height restrictions that were placed upon us. So we stopped, we listened, we tried to bring home the best of the ideas that we had, as well as those that were people wanted to hear. They didn't want a high-rise building, and that was obvious, and it wasn't the I don't think it was the general public. I think it was a few that were concerned about the image of Lexington or mostly they didn't want change. It wasn't necessarily opposed to us or to the concept of whatever. And I'm not taking issue with that with that position. I look at Austin. I developed down there. I know it well. And today it's it looks like a small New York City. It's just really amazing how they've grown. Quality of life there is the same. Quality of development is good. And they're a hotbed of activity right now. And we're slower, but I'm not so sure that we haven't made the right decision here. That we're slower, but our quality of life is here. And uh, it's a special place. And it's home for us, and we love it here. So in 2017, we were approached by a group out of England that wanted to come in. And they, based in Boston, had a development group there. And they wanted to do something here. So we waited on that one. And I think their aspiration for that block was it would be a new city hall. So that kind of got put on hold during that period. And when it became apparent that wasn't going to happen is when we said, we're going to go ahead and start. We'll build a garage, which was $51 million. 
or parking garage that was worth about 10 when you finish it, but you couldn't build anything yesterday without it. So picture that. So we're, we're committed. We start immediately on the garage and, and completing that. And in the meantime, we were fortunate enough to be looking for partners and Phil Greer expressed his interest at that point in time. We were fortunate enough to team. Phil and I grew up about 15 miles from each other. He's from Jenkins up in Letcher County and I'm from Hotspot, but uh, ironic that we could do that. Phil did well in the restaurant business and decided to invest. And we had a large capital event uh, with convenience stores that we owned and we sold them as a package. So between the two of us, we were raised, able to raise a substantial amount of equity that we needed over hundred million in private money in the deal. And so we were able to do it. So we started it and it uh, evolved, but the quality is, it's just really neat, special place for Lexington. Uh, everything was good about it. In the end, it worked out to the best and took 10 years off my life, but otherwise <laughs> it, uh, I've spent a lot of time in, in that development, whether it's Jeff Ruby's or the coffee shop there. I've been up and I've seen the penthouses. Those are so nice. That's a special thing for Lexington to it have is. that kind of quality luxury up there. And you went on kind of a tangent there of how great this, this city is and how much we love Lexington. I think everybody that lives here or has been here a while has a sense of connection to this city that I think in larger markets, it's hard to find that connection. Right. And I think part of that connection, you actually did touch on it there, is the Greenbelt, the urban service boundary that kind of protects some of the things that makes Lexington special, which is that farmland and that ability to go from downtown and five minutes later be in the middle of horse country. Right. I think there's something special about that. What is your take on the urban service boundary as time goes on? Because, you know, we have to change as time goes on and there's going to be more demand for development here. And if that doesn't change, then development might go to other markets. But what's your perspective on, you know, the, the urban service boundary? Well, and the reason I chose to stay here, and it could have gone anywhere, particularly on the development side, was it is a special place, and uh, the Greenbelt serves as a natural boundary. Uh, at one point in time, somebody called Lexington the world's largest private national park, and I think to a great degree that's true. So we never once proposed that we invade the Greenbelt. We proposed to make the best of infill and utilization of the properties that are here for us, and that means going up, not out. And a lot of people didn't like that that perception, but I think now that everybody's kind of bought into that fact that we're going to have to do this. And that that requires intelligent compromise. That means urban development as well as select areas. And I think those areas of select growth are probably well-defined now. They're from Hamburg around all the way to Harrodsburg Road and that, that quadrant out there. And that's where you're going to see a lot of this development happen. I'm, and we're developing right now in Harrodsburg Road. We did the shopping center out there Palomar, and we're building the fountains across the street from that. We hope to have a major announcement soon in the year on that one uh, about an anchor tenant. And then um, also uh, we acquired um, on the Masonic Lodge property out there as well. It's 11 acres. But, you know, it's stringent out there. Those people have wants and expectations and needs, and we respect that. And the one thing we focus on doing is going in and sitting down with these people and get their opinions, listen, not, we're not going to agree on everything, but that comes back to intelligent compromise, and that's what this is about. So uh, that's our primary focus, and and I think we're probably dead on with our plan right now. There, there's going to be a need for additional housing. I saw the stats on it not long ago that the housing demand right now for apartments is about four, somewhere between four and 7,000 units downtown. So uh, that's coming. So look for that as, a, uh, as being happening soon. There'll be at least 15,000 yeah. people that, are, uh, that could be, very well be here. And 
You take the core of old Lexington that was here, it's bigger than now than 95% of the towns of Kentucky. So we're, um, you know, it's a, it's a major nucleus. But we're fortunate in that I, you talked about Jeff Ruby's. You walk in and you don't very rarely see the same people twice. That means yeah. what's happening is it's a regional draw. And the average customer may be somebody from Hazard or Somerset or whatever. And there's something for everybody down here. And our hotels, even with COVID, are running 75, 80, 85% throughout this whole thing. Yeah. So we're very fortunate there. We have new product. But uh, the Residence Inn is a, a different concept. And Marriott came back in the middle of this and said, we don't think we ought to do 350 hotel rooms. We think you ought to do 180 Residence Inn suites. And I thought, why would we do that? And he said, because we run 85% occupancy typically, and the average stays 13 days. Well, think about that one. No turnover, very little turnover, and what that did. And so that's proven to be true. The Marriott's great, great meeting facilities, great restaurants up there with italics, and and we have a new one. Uh, the Sawyer's is moving in next door to them up there. I'm glad they're coming back. Yeah. I'm, I, I miss them. Uh, I did too. I miss my cheeseburgers. <laughs> but uh, in any event, um, good things happening. Um, we're, fingers crossed, but we're about 97% lease in the office building now, all with creditworthy tenants. And it's uh, and you, you're seeing the spinoff of development there. We're redoing the BB&T building right now. We've got a proposal out with Rupp Arena for redevelopment of that site. Five competitors for that. And I just want somebody, the community will win regardless with all five. So we just want it to be the best it can be. And we think it's going to be a godsend. New convention center opening soon. And it's just, uh, it'll be spectacular as well. Yeah, I think yeah. you just touched on something that's really neat about Lexington is, I mean, at this point, it's it's still kind of a competition as to who's going to develop that site. But oftentimes, I feel like in those bigger markets like Nashville or Austin, especially when they've grown to the point that they have, there's a lot of out-of-state people that come in and just try to make money. I feel like what's different with you and how you've developed Lexington and some of your competitors as well is that you listen to the community and you're trying to fill a need there. And that's that's the same thing with this new downtown project that, you know, hopefully somebody brings something great, which could, could be the web companies. But uh, maybe let's touch on that development and the potential there. So um, there's a parking lot and that is connected. Is it to the Town Branch Trail? Or just try to explain what that the potential okay. is for that development. Well, it's a 17-acre site, obviously, surface parking, been underutilized through the years. And they're trying to figure out a way to both grow their income stream at, at Lexington Center, as well as a catalyst that will grow the tax base here. So you think these big developments don't make a difference. I mean, our property tax bill is over $2 million last year in the city center project. We built this building, the, the financial center, and we built the Hilton next door. That, the Hilton project and, and office building over there would pay the debt service on two new schools. So huge impact. But the Lexington Center opportunity came up two years ago, I guess, and we bid, and we felt like we had the best bid then. And um, there was a problem with the TIF, and they cleaned that up, and now they reopened the proposals, and they've got some different ones. They've got some from before that carried over. Our interest is being something that will contribute, whether we do it or not. But it's another one of those deals where that if we get the resources, we certainly ought to bring them to the table. And that's what we're trying to do with this one. 
and whether it be baseball stadium, soccer stadium, these are all opportunities. But we also need revenue producers there as well. And we have a, a fortunate enough to have a one of the buyers of a condo up here that's in Omaha. And I talked to him one night. He was at Ruby's, and I, I said, he's very involved with Warren Buffett, and they're partners in a lot of deals. And he said, Omaha is going through the same exercise as Lexington. We're losing our young people. So to Nashville and the markets where there's lots of activity and so forth, and we got to figure this this out. So the difference out there is, and he told me this when his dad was first involved, that he and Mr. Buffett and others went to the mayor out there and said, we'll take it from here, stay out of the way. <laughs> of course, they had you know, the largest number of billionaires in the country, I think, are all in Omaha. So they want to do something, they just do it. But he said their focus on two years ago was that they were losing young people and they need, needed most an entertainment venue. Of course, they have Creighton and a lot of, a lot of attractions there, but so they committed to build a 4,800-seat entertainment venue, and that would attract the country music stars that may be traveling through Lexington that can't stop over here because there's no venue. And 5,000 or less in Rupp Arena, you're lost. So we were trying to find a venue of, say, 4,000, and that's a part of our proposal is get something that will keep the young people here. But the, we've had two approaches, some major uh, entertainment venue operators and both have said they could do up to 200 nights a year of activity there. Wow. Something you're missing now. Yeah, that would be big. Now, that, that is big. Yeah. And that's that's a part of ours. And that, that's a couple of acres of the property there. Another focus that we've had is for the first time, we've had a, a major, major grocer interested in doing a grocery store here. And I, I mean, think they've seen successful Kroger at the campus, and but they won't be near the university. Yeah. So we got the ideal site right there. And that's one of the opportunities that we've, We've proposed as well, and I'm I'm not going into detail because the packages were supposedly um, in confidence until they make a they narrow the the choices or whatever. But I noticed one of our competitors was having a press conference this morning, so I could talk a little bit about this. And our second thing, our vision was to add more hotel rooms, and I know it competes with us. But the same token, we need them to draw the major conventions. With our facilities now, we can compete with 95% of the towns in America. So we're still within the heartland here, within a four or five hour drive of 80% of the population or something like that, pretty astronomical. But we have that unique quality of life here that's really an attraction. Between the bourbon business, I couldn't get over the amount of business in our hotels for the bourbon trail. I didn't know that much about it, but boy, we sure found out quickly. <laughs> and it's a major draw. So between that, the convention center, the university, and like it or not, I think we're the regional capital for the eastern half of Kentucky. I mean, we're the educational, cultural, medical, business center for and banking for the eastern half of the state. And that's a good position to be in. So we can enjoy the best of these, and a lot of the growth may occur in Georgetown or Nicholasville or Richmond, Winchester. But so be it. We're still part of that same community, and that's why we're, I think we're, we're close here, but another thing that's important to us is the fact that we have a lot of camaraderie here. Now, one of the problems that we've had in recent years is the old guard are dying off. And a lot of the guys that write the check, like Mr. Kincaid and so forth, aren't doing that anymore. So we've got to cultivate the younger people to get involved. And that's why I challenge people every day. I mean, take the chance, stay here. You're not going to better find a better, more stable market in the country than Lexington 
they compare us to the Silicon Valley of the 90s. And it's true because we had such a such stability, but with the contribution of state government, the university, quality of life that we have here, medical, all the things that we talked about. So um, it's a special place. Yeah. I was just out in San Francisco last week, and um, it's interesting, the, the, the difference between San Francisco and, and Lexington and the growth there. But I definitely get your sense of, you know, I, I used to live in Los Angeles, too, spent a lot of time in New York, and I can't imagine a better place to live than Lexington. I just think it has all the amenities that somebody um, younger would want. We're right, if, you know, if somebody wants to go to Nashville from here, they can. It's just a three-hour drive. But I think we've got enough here drawing young people. We need more, but that idea of a venue, I think, is, is big because that's one thing that we don't have enough of is concerts and entertainment and things of that nature, I think. What do, you, do you agree with that, Weston? I would agree, yeah. I mean, I think we touched on it in a few interviews. The, the biggest thing I feel like our city is kind of experiencing is we get so many people go to the University of Kentucky, what is it, over 40,000 students, but if we can even retain a portion of those and the developments like Lex Live and exciting things like city center and the fountains and all, all of those things, it kind of is almost like an investment in, in the younger generation to stay and to, for that talent to retain. Cause then that brings more jobs and more ideas. And it's almost like, you know, it just, it just rises. Everywhere. I agree with you. And I look at, I mean, things like you're doing here, the work of awesome Inc, the others that are committed to the community. Uh, and, we need to invite startup, fresh ideas. This distillery district, who would have thought that it would have the success that it did? Right. And the naysayers for years said, don't go down there. And all of a sudden, you know, it just happened. And it's it's in spite of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we're encouraging in that regard. I, I just think that the rough opportunity of it is a big one. I, I hate to see land underutilized. And that's, that's the concern about the soccer stadium. That could be anywhere in the... There are a number of locations in the immediate area, including the Red Mile or the property on Mark, on the Oliver Lewis Way. There's a lot of green space out there. Yeah. Where the, that needs to be down here. We encourage that. But we also want to be sure that we get things that are meaningful that will improve, improve not only the quality of life, but the tax base. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're starting to run out of uh, additional tax base if, if we restrict development. And I look at the opportunities that could have been here. And right in the middle of construction, when we were resurrected the garage, I get a call from people that are now our partners in the city and the rep project, uh, Lincoln Property Company out of Dallas, out of based in Dallas, but big office in Nashville doing the rail yard down there. But again, he said, We got a prospect here that would like to come up and look at your development. The guy came, just single individual, and we talked to him for half an hour. He told us nothing about who, who it was, what they were doing. And uh, it came he, at the end, he said, well, I'm, I'm driving back. But he said, thank you for your time. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, I think it's perfect for us. Unfortunately, it's not going to be ready in time. So he didn't ever tell me who he was. Well, a year ago, I guess, or so, I finally got Lincoln to tell me who it was. It was Amazon. <laughs> you remember back when in, in Brooklyn turned them away? Yeah, And absolutely. they decided they were going to fragment, they were going to break it up. Lexington was one of those sites where they wanted to be, but we didn't have the product. And it's a part of that building and they will come mentality. A lot of people don't understand that about spec development, but it was a great opportunity for us. We just missed it. And what a, an anchor would have, they're going to subdivide part of that national commitment that they made. Yeah. 
And, uh, Man, that would have been a good get. But, but hopefully, hopefully in the future. Oh, it'll come. And you never know. And that's what I, I, I tell people all the time. Everything we built here, this building was spec. We didn't have tenants. But, you know, then all of a sudden we get Old Ben Cole, 50,000 feet out of Cleveland, and made a decision because of the president of the company had a friend here and liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're getting more and more of that. And it's just they're discovering a well-kept secret. But that's not bad. But... And I look at San Francisco, and I, I developed out there, and we did a major project in Alameda, and we did 135 Main, which is a major office building out there. And the wrong reason I got there was that they passed what was called Proposition M in downtown San Francisco. It restricted new development to 300,000 square feet of office space per year in a city of that size, and it killed them. I and mean, we got under the gun and got it going. We leased to CalFed, and they leased the building. But... For that, there was an out-migration of these businesses that wanted to expand. They went to Phoenix and Tucson and these other markets out there, and it was counterproductive. Yeah. Now, again, we don't, we're fortunate we don't have their problems. and Yeah. They've got a great natural beauty out there, but then they've got a number of issues they've still got to solve, too. Yeah, so. their, their city is not something I would want to spend a lot of time in no. uh, right anymore. I mean, yeah, it was all of the, uh, you know, rumors are true about, you know, San Francisco right now. There was homelessness. Oh, it was... You and know, we drugs were LA and, and being done open and open, you know, and streets. Interesting and, story. When we were doing the, the hole in the ground over here, our contractor was Hunt. And Eric Schreiner was the project manager. Great guy. Came here, was here all the time. And he's doing the rock project. They started it in the convention center. And then this one, ours. He called me one day and said, I'm sorry. I, we, we've decided that we're not going to be able to stay in Lexington. I said, what's going on? He said, we just got the project for the new Ram Stadium, and I'm the project manager. Oh, wow. So he left, and uh, we stay in touch. And I was out there about a month ago and took the kids. We went by to look at that stadium. $3 billion. Is that SoFi? Yeah. SoFi, so yeah. They're doing Super Phenomenal. Bowl there. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I said, how did, how did they pay for that? Because all these very conservative about their bonding. And uh, all private, one individual. And uh, I was, that's amazing. And he said the, the draws came in $100 million increments. And he wrote a personal check oh to pay gosh. for it. <laughs> and he, he was a developer in St. Louis. I knew of him. I didn't know him. And I said, how do you make that kind of money? And he said he married one of the Walmart heirs. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> so, is a funny story. That, you're, a talking, uh, you're talking earlier about startups. We need more of that. Uh, mentality here in Lexington to young people to grow businesses. Let's maybe give a, a moment here to talk about some advice that you've learned either through pains and struggles and failures that you want to pass on to the next generation or things you've done well that you want younger people to know about real estate, investing, development, things of that nature. What's maybe some things that you want to pass on? Well, I heard a phrase a long time ago that, uh, that I adapted and it was, we've been kicked out of finer places. So <laughs> you kind of have to take that attitude about it. Don't be afraid to take the chance. That's what life's about is uncertainty. But work hard. Do your homework. That's, that's critical. But don't be afraid to take the chance. And you're young once, and when you're, when you're doing it there, you work hard, and typically good things will come. So I encourage people to do that. And Lexington's a little bit more stable. I mean, it, it'd be fine to go to Nashville and do a startup, but you'll often find that local contacts make a big difference for you, too. And Lexington's friendly. I mean, the city government now is very friendly for economic development and very encouraging. 
And don't be afraid to take that chance. And I just look at the startups that we did. That all not all worked out. And again, we you know you, you fight through those situations, but uh, a lot of it's luck, a lot of it's timing, a lot of it's you know politics are you know can be a bad mix sometimes with with what you're trying to do. But don't be afraid to take the chance and go ahead and develop it and try to do what you say you'll do, and then good things will come. Mm-hmm.